Hey, teachers, you're listening to the thing that we do on Fridays. Me, Brother Lawson, and Brother Wing. Good sunny. Welcome to spring, Brother Wing. It's springtime in the Ozarks. Winter is gone. It is just warm weather from here on out. Is that true? Man, I I wish you were a prophet. Go plant your garden today. Go out there, prune your trees, make it happen today. Yeah. You getting along all right? In this oh, in this economy, are you getting along okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, yeah, just happy and content with my level of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> you might notice, Brother Wing and I are both wearing shirts and ties today, which might surprise you uh, in this economy that we're able to wear shirts and ties. You know, the other day, Brother Wing, I. Uh, I rented one of those bounce houses, you know, for institute activity. Cost 50 bucks to rent that bounce house. And then the company, they charged me, uh, they charged me like $300 to set it up. It's inflation mm. for you. <laughs> that was good. I just thought our teachers would appreciate that joke. They probably don't, but I like that joke. It's a good one. People were actually thinking, wait, a bounce house for an institute activity? (laughs) We actually did have a bounce house for our institute activity. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) Speaking of jokes, let's get on with this podcast. Uh, We are going to, we're going to help you teachers or hurt you, or I'm not sure what we're going to do. We're going to try to help you with this week in seminary. We got... Maybe that's a better name for our podcast. This week in seminary. And uh, I don't think so. I think we'll keep the same name we got until we come up with a better one. Right. Um, we've got Second uh, Ephi. We are in the second Nephi, and we're just going to do two chapters. going to take all week long. Well, we do have a doctrinal mastery uh, day, but we're going to do First Nephi on Monday. We're going to do verses 1 through 16, on Tuesday, we're going to do 17 through 26 on Wednesday. We're going to do doctrinal mastery on Thursday. And then we're going to do 26 through 30 on on uh, Friday. Now, Brother Wayne, before we get into the content of this, there might be some teachers who are panicking a little bit. They're like, how, I'm, I'm supposed to meet, my class meets for 50 minutes. How am I supposed to meet for 50 minutes when, like, especially on Friday, we got five verses that we're studying. Like, I need more verses to take up more time, right? Well, so we gotta we gotta fill the time. That's the that's the concern. I'm how how do you deal with that concern? Yeah, we're not really just trying to fill time. We do want to you want to be meaningful and and have the content be substantive to the students and helpful to them. Can you so, use that word again? What word was that? I don't want to say it a second time. I think I said it right the first time. You did. That's <laughs> a big word. That's a nice I word. Know, that is a crazy word. So, um, but you, the manual helps out here. Like they obviously have a focus here when they're limiting the number of verses, but going really deep with those verses. So you're going to probably use the manual this week even more than you normally do. Right. This would be my, my guess here. But also as the students start to recognize what's in these verses, and how useful they are to them and understanding life 
I think they will, there'll be lots to do as they study, feast, discuss, apply, discuss the applications yep. um, and make plans for taking effective righteous action. I think there's a lot of ways that we can make our time really valuable. Yep. Excellent. All right. Well, then let's jump into Second uh, Nephi chapter one, where Lehi's time is is drawing short. Um, he's getting a little bit older and uh, waxing nostalgic a little bit. Let's talk about how we do uh, scripture feasting in uh, Second Second Nephi chapter one. I was thinking this. But I, for whatever reason, verse 16 was, I, I think it might be interesting just to start with verse 16, uh, like maybe write, write up on the board this statement from, from Lehi, where he says, behold, this has been my, been the anxiety of my soul from the beginning, right? Just put that up there on the board. And then. Uh, I think you could do a great scripture feasting. Like what is, what are the things that are most important to Lehi right now as he's getting ready to, to pass on um, in a few years or a few, a little bit of time, however long it is from here. But um, what are the things that are most important to, to Lehi and have them just study and analyze uh second Nephi chapter one, looking for things that are most important to Lehi. And I think you might be able to have a pretty good discussion afterwards of why do you suppose this was so important for, for Lehi? Why would, why did he focus on this? So I think that's a real basic way to do some uh, scripture feasting and, and you'll, you'll identify just some uh, fantastic counsel and advice that, that he gives to, uh, to his boys there. What do you think, Brother Wing? Yeah, I like that idea because that focuses them on the kind of the intent here that Lehi is really the end of his life, giving super good advice to people who are struggling. And we might not be totally struggling like Laman and Lemuel do, but there are maybe parts of us that need a rebuke, you yeah. know, or certain aspects yeah. of our life that could that could use this rebuke that Lehi's giving and some kind of stern counsel that we we all need on occasion at least. And so there's some value there in studying the scriptures with that kind of uh, framework. The teacher manual is interesting here because it provides a little scripture study lesson first before it yeah. actually gets into the content of Second Nephi 1. I think they took a little hidden image picture from the friend or something. It's kind of cool. <laughs> and so <laughs> there's a little activity you'll see there's teachers about um, looking for things, finding things, and then it's... And, and then they liken that to finding gospel principles in the scriptures and helping students to even uh, write out and identify principles. So this is a, this is a very good scripture study skill to be able to identify principles that are in the text. But the manual, I have to compliment the manual here because it doesn't just help them with that. It also helps them to... Uh, make sure that that principle that they find is accurate. You know, so there's a couple of questions you'll see in the teacher manual. These two questions, is this principle true in all situations, times, and cultures? If not, what adjustments would make it true? So imagine, look at reading the scriptures, finding something 
that's true, writing it out in a complete sentence and then testing that sentence according to that question. This is kind of work. This is a lot of work, but this is a skill that can be developed now with the, with the students. A second question that helps them to test if it's true or not would is the next one. It says, would this principle bring me and others closer to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ? And so um, I like I like that idea. This is something teachers that you could use now with, with Second Nephi one. You or if you like, no, I like Brother Lawson's idea about studying with with Lehi's perspective and seeing what's valuable to him. It's probably going to take most of the time. I'm going to save this little lesson about identifying principles for another lesson later, and you can totally do that if you want. See, and that's the beauty of like helping your students, like when they're doing scripture feasting with a with a question in mind, right? Uh, they're identifying principles, but maybe even without knowing it, right? When they when they when they find answers to their questions from the scriptures, they're those are gospel principles. I love uh, the idea of. Um, having your students recognize that recognizing these little what elder richard g scott called little packages of light little packages of truth that uh that can counsel and and guide them in fact back in the day uh, i used to teach at the mtc and missionaries would come in to the mtc and we would teach them this skill we'd teach them how to identify principles in the scriptures and it was like it's like the best thing in the world. Like, oh, this is this changes everything in the scripture. So it'd be awesome if we can get our seminary students right now recognizing, hey, I find, I find gospel principles. I I find not only answers to questions, but I'm really finding gospel truths as I study the scriptures. So yeah, and teachers, if you do it here with with Second Nephi one, and you can, you know, teacher manual kind of guide you then how to walk through Second Nephi one, looking for principles that. Um, the, the students can identify and test out and teach to each other. But I actually think this activity works better with Second Nephi 2. Because yeah, there's, there's a ton in Second in yeah. Nephi 2. Yeah. And it's a little easier for them to find because there's stated principles. So many of the principles that you find in Second Nephi 1 have to be kind right. of like implied principles that are a little more difficult um, to discover for the students as they're practicing this. So Second Nephi 2 might even be better to try this one out with. By the way, let me just give you one more idea about Second Nephi one. Okay. Um, if you could go back in time and talk to Laman and Lemuel yourself, <laughs> you know, you know, before they really totally lose it, you know, and meaning like <laughs> they've lost all opportunity to shape up, what would you say to them? You know, and and you might that would be interesting to hear what the students might how they might respond to that question. Um, and how might you talk to them? What would be like the tone of your voice, as well as the words that you would say and teach, and maybe some examples that you might use as well. And that's kind of the message behind Second Nephi One. I also really like the idea that um, Lehi emphasizes about being one. You know, it's, it's just an interesting way that he says it in verse twenty-one where he says, arise from the dust, my sons, and be men, and be determined in one mind and in one heart, united in all things, that you may not come down into captivity. And so that's another uh, fascinating concept, a principle to be unified. And what, what does unity then do? And how do we become unified in, yeah. our own, in our own mind and heart so that we can 
um, not be brought down in captivity, that we can be protected. Yeah. Like how, what's oneness do to protect us and how do we get that? That's a, that's a cool thought and something that would be worth um, building on with our students. Absolutely. I was kind of chuckling when you said, you know, what would you say to, if you went back in time and what would you say to Layman and Lemuel? Because I was teaching a seminary class. Do you know what the phrase uh, low key means these days? You've heard this phrase. I've heard it. I don't want to try to define it. But. I think it, I think it means, I think it means like, it would be like us saying like, for real, this really is like this, like, like low key, but Lawson has big muscles. Like, this I'm not lying about this, right? And so um <laughs> it was we were talking about Layman and Lemuel, and this kid said, out of nowhere, this kid said, you know, I think Nephi is kind of low low-key annoying. <laughs> and and I laughed. That was probably an inappropriate thing to laugh at because he's ripping on Nephi here because he thought he was taking Layman and Lemuel's side, but he's like, Nephi is low-key annoying. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard that phrase before in this context. So um, speaking of chapter two, which is one of my all-time favorite chapters, uh, we got a little, we got Lehi speaking. Remember, he's speaking to all of his sons before he dies. It just so happens that in uh, in chapter two, he's talking to Jacob, and he teaches some pretty great doctrine. This On Tuesday, we're going to, uh, we're going to study verses one through 16. And I really like the idea of uh, the brother wing shared of of helping your students identify gospel truths. Like, and sometimes it can just be, you know, like I said, with scripture feasting, they'll identify gospel truths. But, but one of the things that you can do is simply send your students into the scriptures here, and you could you could do this a whole bunch of days throughout chapter two, Monday uh, or Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday when you're in Second Nephi two, and say, would you just identify mark uh whatever truths you ident whatever truths you see now a couple things happen when you do that when students mark something that's true that means they have some they've had some experience that's indicated to them that that principle that they've that they've identified is true and so you can have a discussion with them and say how do you know that's true how do you know that um that you're going to be blessed uh, even after you've gone gone through afflictions, that might that, that might uh, help students reflect, and then also give you the opportunity to uh, encourage them to act on things that they already know are true. So that might be as we think about Brother Wing's uh, suggestion in the last chapter of identifying helping students identify gospel principles. This might be just simply asking them the question. How do you know that's a gospel principle? How do you know that that is an eternal truth? Yeah, that really develops it and makes it um, even more relevant. And they kind of have to testify to explain that, which invites the Holy Ghost. So I have a preparation idea with this, as well as a connection with the teacher manual. One, one is you could give your students a blank piece of paper and some you know, crayons work well. Um, they like those. But you could have markers, colored pencils, even boring old normal pens or pencils, but have them draw power and don't tell them how, like, like in what way, like you're talking about with like water or muscles or what are you talking about here? Just 
don't don't even suggest any of that. Just say, just draw. When I say the word power, draw what comes comes to your mind. And um, then they can show each other that and say, we're going to talk about power today with 2 Nephi 2, like a really important power um, that God has given us and how we can develop that power uh, as well. And then, then go in and, and identify truths. Like you can, you know, the way that the teacher manual has it, you read 2 Nephi 1 through 4. And there's a little miniature scripture feasting right there. Just one through four. What's the truth that you find? Now on same paper. So it could be the back side if they drew up, if they drew on the whole front side, but they can start just kind of taking notes and capturing what they're gathering from this chapter on that piece of paper. And sometimes it helps them to be more active when they're working off a of paper rather than off their phone or something. But um, let them write a truth out. And, and again, practice that, test that truth. Make sure it's a complete sentence, you know, get really capture what's going on there. Um, then the teacher manual has these options of things that they can do to further their and deepen their understanding of agency, this power that they have. These are all miniature scripture feastings again. So this might be a place where we feast a little, see what we got, feast a little more. So I actually like doing all of these options. Option A, which is what does our power choose? What does our power to choose teach us about God? Read a couple verses. There's a couple questions. What do you find in? Write it down, students. Get the principle. Okay. Option B. Why has God given us? Why has God given us what? Man, I was like, this question doesn't make sense because I can't read. What, what has, has God, God given us to help us choose wisely? <laughs> All right. And then, you know, it's just a, it's just short verses. They bring in some other passages of scripture, other in the book of Mormon as well. But again, and then there's third one. Why do we feel opposition to our good choices? Um, I might even change that question to be like, why do we experience opposition to our good choices? Because you actually get opposition. You don't just feel it. You can experience it. And sometimes you're experiencing it, but you don't feel it. Um, but uh, anyway, there's some, there's some quotes in there that will help, but I like all of those options. Like let every one of those be a little miniature scripture feasting to then, and they can be capturing this on their paper to further develop their understanding of this power, this agency that they have. And then it's super crucial that we either begin with or end with 2 Nephi chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, which is another miniature scripture feasting that focuses us and founds us on Jesus Christ, that we really have nothing without him, you know, and we can't exercise our agency without the atonement of Jesus Christ. And we need him to help us. And that's why it's so important that we share this message with everyone, that they know that they're not lost, that everyone's making choices out there in the world. Therefore, everyone needs Jesus Christ uh, to help them. And so those verses then become really critical. So you can begin with those verses or you could end with them, but make sure that that we focus our attention there. Yep. Excellent. So later on, uh, we have the next, the, I mean, second Nephi is uh, chapter two is such a power packed, uh, chapter. We're going to learn if, if we really want our students to understand the savior and his atonement, that's going to be impossible to do if they don't understand the, the fall of, of Adam and Eve, which is one, which is one doctrine that is not very understood in uh in the church and so i think the teachers man the teacher manual does a pretty good job of walking walking you through and uh 
the scriptures here in a way, well, along with some great quotes, especially from President Oaks, that help students understand some of the maybe the confusing parts of the fall of Adam and Eve. I think I think a lot of people wrestle with in the church. Obviously, we we um, we are grateful for the fall the fall of Adam and Eve, but it's still confusing to some because they're like, why are we grateful for something that Eve did that she wasn't supposed to do, or why is it that God would put you in a situation where you couldn't keep both commandments? And that's just a, a misunderstanding of, of the story. And I like the, I like the quotes in here are really good. Uh, and the way that the, the teacher's manual walks you through the scripture, I think is, is pretty good. So again, though, the focusing with the end in mind, if our students are ever going to to understand the atonement of Jesus Christ, they're going to need to understand this doctrine of the fall of Adam and, and what it what occurred because of it. Yeah, that's really great. And I like how the teacher manual has questions bulleted off kind of in the middle part next, like if you're looking at Correct. it below the Elder Holland quote, and it just has, what is the fall of Adam and Eve? What effects did the fall have on the world? How does the fall fit into Heavenly Father's plan? How does the fall help you understand and appreciate Jesus Christ? And maybe I'd add a fifth there, the one that you said, Brother Lawson, which is why are we grateful for the fall of Adam? And right. Eve, you know, and and then you could write those on the board as the students are coming into class, just have those up there. And then as class starts, you can just say, okay, if you had to answer this question in sacrament meeting or try to think of some <laughs> stressful right. situation, <laughs> like you had to answer this. On a one on a one to ten scale, how confident are you that you could give a thorough, complete answer? Right. And they don't have to answer it right. Like make sure that they you don't have to answer this right now. I just want to know how confident you feel about answering this. And then maybe you can kind of get a general feel as they hold up hands, fingers, or something to just kind of tell you what their answers are. And and then you can kind of almost like a pretest, you know, and put the number the general number next to each question on how confident they feel about answering these questions and then let them scripture feast. Second Nephi 2, 17 to 26, like really investigate these. I'm going to give you, say students, I'm going to give you more time than it takes to read these verses because I want you to really go slow here. Slowly go process every verse, think it through, um, ask questions to yourself, Look up some cross-references if you need to, but like really think about this and um and and see what's in these verses to teach us some of the answers to these questions. And then obviously after scripture feasting, there ask them the questions. Like so give me some answers to some of these questions and see what they have and see if their confidence level grows about this. And then of course, with the teacher manual, there's a bunch of other quotes and stuff in there that will help the discussion yep. afterward. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, this is a good time. I always like talking about the fall of Adam. It's a, we were talking about that in Institute yesterday, actually after class students had questions about that. We sat around for an hour talking about that. That's a good time. Um, okay. So we're on to the doctoral mastery day uh, is on Thursday and then, do you have anything you want to say about that day? Second, second Nephi 2.25. Let's memorize that one. Why don't we? Yeah, it's great. They, so they have a little idea in there about memorizing it, breaking it into phrases. Um, 
and then they've got some scenarios to work through that right. will help them to use it and apply it in their life. Excellent. And then Friday, we got 26, 27, 28, 29, and 30. We got five verses for the whole day. What in the world are we going to do on that day, Brother <laughs> Wing? Yeah. yeah. So this might, okay, so one idea is to review what they've been learning this week about identifying principles. And so you could just break it out into one verse at a time, like right out of truth from verse 26, right out of truth from verse 27. You, the, In fact, the teacher manual kind of harmonizes with that, that in essence, there is something to be done with, with that first verse, 26. What did you learn? You know, and then 27, they got a little diagram, you know, that goes with that. So you can break it down that that way um, pretty easily and start to see how there's a lot to be discussed on each verse. Right. So if the students are focused in a way to say, let me let me write out a sentence here or reword this verse into my words, but just test that make sure that it's true. You know, another great scripture study skill that goes along with this. But anyway, that's one idea of how to walk through this and emphasizing along the way, again, this power to choose this agency that they have and, um, and the choices then that, that we want to make because of this agency. Right. Yeah. I was thinking we were, one of the things that we were talking about actually yesterday in Institute, we were talking a little bit about Zoram. Uh, remember Zoram, uh, our guy that uh, Nephi tricked a little bit and, and Nephi, Put him in this situation where um once Zoram figured out that he was walking around with Nephi and not his his uh, master Laban, he got a little bit nervous. Nephi said, We want you to come with us. Um, if you want to be free, come with us. And in in that moment, Laban, I guess, probably could have felt like, you know, I don't. I don't understand why that's why this is true. What you're telling me, how is, how is you forcing me to come with you? How is that going to make me free? Like, uh, and I'm not sure if, you know, maybe Nephi, I'm not sure what would have happened to Zoram if he's like, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on headed with you. Uh, but I do know that he would have been put into captivity at least 14 years later. Right. When, uh, when Babylon wipes out Jerusalem. And so, Sometimes I, th I think that's one of the messages that your students will get out of this last part of Second Nephi is that commandments, though, if if we're if we can't take the long view, then they might seem like they're going to be that they're going to restrict our freedom. When in reality, they are going to give us way more freedom. Uh, and in fact, we should be looking forward to having more and more commandments so that we can have more and more freedom. So Satan does a good job of convincing everybody the other way. Yeah. So it's a cool question is to ask the students, what's a commandment that you are so thankful that you know about and that yeah. you live and why are you so grateful for it? Yeah. That's a different way to think about commandments, but it's the right way to think about commandments. I like that. Excellent. Any, uh, you probably would show the video in the teacher's manual leaving the party. That's a good one. <laughs> you probably wouldn't show that video. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah.
Uh, any last words of advice, Brother Wing, for the teachers? No, I, I mean, I actually, yes, I have. Um, as they study the scriptures, especially when you have less content here, um, it's it's really helpful to help the students to ponder, you know. And so this is maybe a place that's good timing of the year. You know, they've started out in the Book of Mormon. They're getting through the stories. Now they're getting into Second Nephi. And let's kind of slow down and let's let's think about what else the scriptures can do for us, not just giving us inspiring stories that were so many of them in First Nephi, but now let's let's kind of think about how we can go deeper with fewer verses. And that is also a skill that they need. So this is a great opportunity for them this week to develop themselves and their scriptural literacy that way. All right. Yep. All right, teachers. Hopefully this was helpful. If it wasn't, then we're so sorry. We're so very sorry. Until next time, everybody, we love your guts. Stay righteous. Stay righteous.